Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Happy 4th of July weekend. We good? There you go. Uh, we've been going through a series on the book of Psalms the past few weeks, and our sermon series is titled uh, Bear Before God, right? Um, because uh, in this, we're acknowledging that God sees us, right? He sees all of us and everything that we're going through. Uh, the past few weeks, we've talked about how life isn't always fair. We've talked about um, our, our lament and our sadness, right? And so now it's a great time that we get to talk about how the freedom that we have in Christ when he takes us from those places of despair and injustice and he moves us into victory with him. Uh, freedom in Christ is a good uh, topic for Independence Day, right? So I think they planned it like that. Um, however, the last thing that we want is for our victory in Christ to be short-lived. Um, I've had many a board game night where I'm, I'm gloating in my victory, my assured victory, and uh, only to let it slip through my fingers as my wife Kylie makes an epic comeback, right? It's sad. Um, I've, I've seen videos of runners, um, their first place, they're about to win, they're blowing kisses to the crowd, they're waving, and then second place is running, 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 and they pass them, right? And, and they, they're sad. They're, they only realize it right at the end. Um, and so uh, for us as, as people who are trying to follow God, and who are longing for, for victory in Jesus. Um, my prayer for us is that we're able to live in victory, right? Rather than always have it, having it just out of reach or always slipping through our fingers when we get there. And I think that's a little bit what today's psalmist captures in our, the psalm that we'll read today. And so if you're able, please rise and read with me the first seven verses of Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. When hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me, he is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. The word of the Lord. You may be seated, thank you. I, um, I, really, I really love this psalm. Um, and like the imagery that it provides, um, especially in verse five when it talks about a spacious place. Um, when I hear a spacious place, uh, the thing that, I think that comes to my mind is like a big, lush, green field that you can, you know, the, kind of the ones that you see when you're driving um, on the freeway and there's just like big nothingness and it's nice and green. Um, whenever my family and I would drive to visit my, my grandparents in the Bay Area, we'd always, see a bunch of like big open fields with maybe a few cows on it but nothing else and I always imagined what it would be like to run run through them 
Uh, maybe it's just because I grew up in the suburbs and there's like not a lot of nature around here. But, um, but yeah, that, or maybe I was bored in the car. But that was kind of what I pictured uh, as, as, as a, a spacious place when I first heard that, that term. And even though I never got to stop at the side of the freeway and, and trespass on someone's property and run around in it, um, when I was, went on a missions trip to Japan, I had a chance to do something similar to that. Um, the, similar to some of the uh, missionaries that our church supports, um, I had a chance to go to Ishinomaki, Japan, in the, north, the northern part of it. And unlike Tokyo, right, it's a lot more rural, and it's a big fishing industry. And so while I was there, we got to help um, a lady sorting through some large oyster shells. Um, we would, she would use these, we would try to find the, the best oyster shells, and then she'd drill a hole through them, and she'd stick a long string through them, and she'd throw them back into the ocean and leave them there for a year or two. And then the little critters would, would live in there as their homes, and then in a year or two, she'd pull them out, and she'd have this huge harvest of, of sea creatures. And so it was kind of a cool experience. Um, but I'll be honest with you, I love, you know, I love being out in nature, right? I, I like doing missions work, but I hate getting dirty. And, and oyster shucking is dirty work, right? It might not look like it, but the shells are super sharp, right? So you had to wear gloves, and even then I still like, managed to cut myself a few times. Um, and there are still quite a few oyster oysters in the shells, right? Like most of them are empty, but there's still some oysters in there that are decomposing, so it smells terrible. And because there's like remnants of oyster there, like there's a lot of bugs that are trying to eat the remnants of the oysters, right? And so you never know what you're going to find when you're turning over the shells. And there's like spiders that perfectly blended into the shell, so I would grab it and I'd be like, oh, it's like on me, right? And so it was a lot, right? Um, but if you see behind me, oh, if you see, but behind me, if you saw it, there was a big uh, open field, um, and which is not too dissimilar from the fields that I imagined as a child. And so... After work concluded, I decided to, to prance through uh, the field and have a grand old time. And my friends took some pictures of me doing that. So. Um, and after the sweaty work of, 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 sh of shells and gross smells and creepy bugs, right, it, moving into a spacious place was freeing. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, however, after I came back, my team leader, like, he saw, he, he's like, oh, he, like, he looked concerned at me, and I was like, uh-oh. And he's like, hey, Steven, like, did you run in that field? And I was like, yeah. Like, of course I did. It was awesome. And, and he's like, yeah, you should like, really check yourself for leeches. And I'm like, what? And he's like, and so I, like, I checked my arms and my legs, and I'm like, okay, there's nothing. Right? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, they're pretty common. Like, and I've even heard that they can burrow through your shoes and get to your feet. You should take off your shoes, too. And I was like, no way. I don't even believe that. Right? But I was like, I'm just going to check. Anyway, just because, like, and so I took off one shoe, nothing, right? But then I took off my other shoe, and there was a big old leech right on my ankle, and I, I, I the next part's kind of fuzzy, but I was told that I let out a high-pitched shriek, and then somehow the leech was off my foot, all right? So, um, <laughs> it, was an, it, was an, it was a whole ordeal, but uh, I share this story with you guys because um, even if something seems spacious and free, Right, there's always going to be things that want to, want to suck away our joy. Right? One, one moment you're gallivanting through a nice, spacious place, and all of a sudden there's something terrifying trying to attack you. Um, 
And I think God wants us, um, he, God, God gives us freedom. Right? He even takes us from our, our hard-pressed places, our, our, our sadness and our grief, and he moves us into this spacious place, this imagery that, that the psalmist uses. But um, sometimes we don't know how to be free, right? Or rather, we use, if we use our freedom to uh, do things that are going to put us back into situations that aren't good for us, then our freedom is going to be very short-lived. And so to really hammer this point home, here's a short video that I think really nails it. All right, like, you know, God is the, Jesus is the good shepherd, right? He rescues the sheep, but boy, are the sheep dumb, right? They just, uh, they say, we say, we, <laughs> I say like, oh, I'm never going to do that again. And like comically, right, we fall right back into it. Okay, so hopefully, um, the psalmist kind of, in, in his psalm, he kind of helps us um, see the pitfalls, the literal pitfalls for the sheep, right? But the pitfalls for us uh, when it comes to freedom in Jesus and how to avoid it. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. In verse 8 through 14, it says, It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They swarmed around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. And in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. So the psalmist, he talks about like when he, a time when he was hard-pressed. He talks about these enemies surrounding him, right? And I, I have, the question I have for us today is, is when we are hard-pressed, when we are in these situations, um, what or who do we turn to? Um, what, or what or who do we take refuge in? Is it is it our friends, like our family? Is it entertainment? Is it work? Is it, is it Jesus, right? Is it Jesus? Um, if, if I'm being honest, right, I, I don't always take refuge in Jesus, first thing, right? Um, uh, maybe for hard-pressed things I do, but if it's like soft-pressed or even like medium-pressed, I'm like, so, sometimes I'm a little slow to going to God. Um, and that was convicting for me personally because like, as I was just reading through this passage, I remembered that, like, nothing is too big or small for God, and that, um, uh, plus, if I turn to him when something small or something medium, like, hopefully it won't turn into a big thing, right? And so, um, credit to the psalmist, however, he's better than me, right? Uh, they, they're already on top of it. They recognize that it's better to take refuge in God than it is to take refuge in any, any person. Um, and, and, and God is the right answer, right? Jesus... Jesus is the answer, right? What's the answer in Sunday school? It's like, it's Jesus, right? Like, uh, that's all you need to know, right? Um, I think if we've grown up in church for a while, right, we know what a lot of the right answers are. But just as we, just because we know the right answers doesn't mean we have it all figured out. In, in the psalm, right, I see a person who's surrounded, right? They emphasize it three times, right? They're surrounded by every nation. They're, they're on all sides of them, and they're like a big old swarm of bees, right? And every time, they cut them down in the name of the Lord. And, uh, but the, the crazy thing is, is that 
the enemies keep coming, right? And, and, and they don't stop, and it keeps coming and attacking, and eventually they're overwhelmed. And, and I was just think, sitting there thinking, like, what happened, right? Isn't, isn't this person doing everything in the name of the Lord? Didn't they choose God over humans and princes? Like, why were they pushed back and about to fall? Like, why didn't, didn't they believe the right things and do the right things? And I think for some of us, right, this is the issue we run into. We, we do and say and believe the right things, and yet bad stuff still happens to us. And we're like, why? Why is this happening? And I think if, if I could, like, nitpick at, at the author of this psalm, right, I, I, I think it, it, even though they accurately realize that uh, trusting in, in God over other humans is important, right? I can't help but wonder if they took, maybe they took refuge in their own abilities, right? He says, like, I struck them down in the name of the Lord. Like, I did it. I did it. Um, and as uh, someone who's in, in the ministry, right, and in working in church, like, I do a lot of stuff in the name of the Lord, right? Like, we just had a wonderful week of vacation Bible school. It was awesome, right? Jacob and Emily and everyone presented, and it was, it was great. Like, we have so much to be thankful for, right? But it was also really tiring, right? It was also, it was also a lot. Um, and if we keep doing things in the name of the Lord without really being in the Lord or without really being at his feet, we're going to be in trouble, Instead of, of enemies for me, sometimes I feel like it's a busy schedule, right? Like, there's a potluck here. Ha! In the name of the Lord, I cut it down and I check it off my to-do list, right? Oh, there's a church activity here. Ha! In the name of the Lord, cut it down, right? Another check. Oh, I got to love my neighbors. Ha! Like, check. Oh. In the name of the Lord. Whew. And it just keeps coming, right? It's, it's exhausting. Um, because it's not going to stop if that's our mentality. If we do everything in the name of the Lord, but we aren't with the Lord, we're going to be in trouble. And if, you're, if you are trying to follow Jesus, right, you'll probably face hardship, and you'll probably face busy schedules. Um, and following Jesus isn't convenient, right? But we really, like, I really believe that it's worth it, right? It's worth it to follow God. However, rather than trying to muscle our way through everything, right, we need to stop trying to save ourselves and to let God do it. Let God be the one to do it. Something that I've learned in ministry is that I can't save anyone, no matter how hard I try, let alone myself. Um, and that's, that's, not, that's not our job. Um, it's Jesus' job to save people. Our job is to trust God to save to let him truly be our strength and our defense and our salvation rather than trying to be our own strength and our own salvation. It's this subtle but important difference, right, of saying, like, I'm doing this thing in Jesus' name versus Jesus is doing this thing and I'm following his lead. When the Lord is our hope and our salvation, it's not, um, not just for our eternal salvation, but also for our immediate circumstance, like right now that's when we start to experience the freedom that he provides. Because God just doesn't, doesn't want to just save us when, we, when we're dead, right, and when, we're in, when we can go to heaven, right? The life of salvation that he offers us is, begins right now, right, while we're still alive on this earth. Once uh, the Lord delivered the psalmist from, from his struggles, um, there's an immediate response of praise. He writes in verse 15, he says, 
Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live. And I will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of the righteous, and I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. When we, uh, when we, when we sing songs in church, like, I really appreciate it because together as a, as a community, we can praise God for what he has done for us, right, and, and what he is doing in our midst, right? It's a, it's a poignant reminder, right? We give thanks to the Lord, our God and our King. His love endures forever. That's a direct line from this psalm, right? We can sing God's praises. We can be reminded of his truth. We can remember what he's done. I know that, like, after a long struggle, like one of the best feelings is after being moved from that struggle into a place of freedom, right? It's, it's one of the best feelings in the world. Um, but I also know that my heart can be conceited after a little while, right? After a bit, I'm like, yeah, yeah, like the Lord did that. I know he did that, but like I deserve a little credit too, right? Or now that I've overcome this issue, I'm way stronger than I used to be. Um, or I haven't struggled with this area of sin in a while, and so I'm doing great. Like, good job, me. Right? And I start patting myself on the back. Right? And it's, it's not bad. To, it, I mean, it's great like, that I like, am in this place. Right? But I think when we, when we are doing well by the grace of God and, we don't rec- and we're not putting ourselves at the feet of God, right? when it's just God's grace, um, if I ever find myself in one of those places, uh, I'm in big trouble. Right? I know that as soon as I start to pat myself on the back without seeking God, I am... Uh, like clockwork, my sin is creeping in, and like I'm probably going to fall into the sin the next day or something. Um, I think uh, what the psalmist does is really wise when he turns to praise God. Right? Praising God is key because it reminds us that he is the one that has done it. Not us, but God. It keeps our egos in check. And I know that if God raises his hands of grace, even just like an inch, right? if he just raises his hand of grace on me, my life's going to get so much harder, and I'm going to have a, a terrible time and, and cry out to the Lord, and I'm going to be humbled real fast. Um, if we want to stay in our spacious place, we need to turn to him in praise, and lest, lest we praise ourselves right, and forget what he has done for us. In addition to singing praises, one of the ways that they would worship the Lord back in those days was to bring an offering before the Lord. In verse 27, the psalmist says that the Lord is God and that he's made his light shine upon us with bows in hand, join in festal procession up to the horns of the altar, right? And so he's talking about bringing a, a, an animal to, to sacrifice and as, as an offering to God, right? And today we don't really bring offerings in the same way that they did back then, but in addition to our, our tithes and our time and our talents, all of which we can give to the Lord and are important for us, right, but we can give to the Lord, um, one of the ways that we can bring our offerings to God is to give him our accomplishments. Um, there's a story in 2 Samuel 23. 
in which King David, right, he's fighting against the Philistines. And he, he, I guess he's really thirsty, and he wants to drink from this very, very specific well in Bethlehem, right? I guess he's tired of drinking tap water, and he longs for this specific well. Um, and so he's like, oh, if only someone would bring me something to drink, oh. Like, and his soldiers, they hear that, right? They're like, all right, let's go do it. And so they break through enemy lines, and, and they, they go get the water, and they put it in a cup, and they run back to him, and they give it to him, right? And uh, once David gets it, instead of drinking it, he just dumps it out, right? And, and he, says, he says, far be it from me, O Lord, to do this. Is it not the blood of the men who went to risk of their lives, right? And so if I'm one of those warriors and I see David dump out all that water after all my effort, right, I'm like, what? What are you doing? Like, we're going to have words, man. What are you doing? Like, we did this for you, right? Sure, you did it for God, I guess, but like, Man, like, why'd you do that, right? Can you imagine, like, finding your way? This is why I brought this, this little sword. You're, you're, you have a sword, right? You're, you're fighting your way through enemy lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you, like, see the well, and you're, like, trying to crank the well while fighting people. You got, like, you're multitasking. Then you got, your, you got this special drink, right, for, for King David, and you're trying not to spill it. Oh, I did spill it. Oops. I spilled it. I couldn't even not spill it. So, and you try to not, you try to get it all the way back to King David, only for him to be, like, thank you, and dump it, right? Like, I, I would have been very offended by that. Um, but I think um, that's because of, I, I'm not seeing what King David's seeing. I think King David actually makes the smart call in, in pouring this out before, before the Lord, and I think this is a helpful takeaway for us. Well, I'm sure his men would have been honored, right, by drinking the water. Like, they're honored more by him, him giving it to the Lord. Because when, when we do a great job, right, people, right, when people are pouring, are giving us praise, right, they're saying, like, hey, Stephen, great job doing this, right? Or, hey, man, great job on that project. You did, you did great. Or when they say, like, hey, you're such an awesome friend. I, like, I love that about you, right? When it can be easy, like, to drink all this in, right, to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, is, that does feel nice, right? To bask in everyone's praise. Uh, I think it's great, right, when we affirm each other for a job well done. Be, and, but rather than taking it in, right, and being like, yeah, I, you know what, I am the best. What else do you have to say, right? Like, instead of getting a proud heart, I think one of the things that we can do is, is pour out um, all the praise that we've received uh, before the Lord as an offering to him. You don't have to have any, like, false humility, right? You don't have to point up to the sky every time you, you sink a, a three-pointer right in your basketball game. I think just at the end of the day, when it's just you and God, uh, just don't forget to pour out all the accomplishments, all the praise that you've received, and put it at his feet. Because it's by the grace of God um, that we've had all these accomplishments in the first place. It's by his grace, um, and laying it at his feet reminds us of that. Again, lest we get it twisted and forget, and lest we think that we're the ones who really did it. The psalmist elaborates um, on this idea further in the next few verses. Verse 22 says, The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this. It is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done this this very day. Let us rejoice and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we will bless you. 
There are some verses in this section that might be familiar to you. When the psalmist writes that the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, right, the psalmist is talking about, about God's redemption. Um, for those of you who aren't familiar with this, um, this illustration or ancient architecture, um, uh, the cornerstone would, would have been a, like a key piece of a building that conjoined two walls together, which essentially was the most important part of a building. Um, and uh, when we're in a hard-pressed place, right, when we're not doing well, it can certainly feel like we're, we're worthless, like we don't have anything to offer. Uh, but God, God doesn't see it that way. God is all about taking that which was discarded by the world and um, using it for his glory. This passage not only applies to God's redemption for us, but also prophetically it applies to Jesus. A week before um, Jesus entered Jerusalem, right, a week before his crucifixion, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, they were singing his praises. They were saying, in the words of verse 26, they were saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, right? And um, a week later, just like a week later, the Israelites rejected Jesus as the Messiah because he wasn't the Messiah they wanted him to be. They wanted Jesus to be like this, this person that would take them to a spacious place politically. But Jesus, Jesus wanted to take them to a spacious place spiritually, something that was far greater than they could have asked for or imagined. But because they couldn't understand that, right, that he was cast aside and condemned to die on the cross for crimes that he didn't commit so that we might have a way to be made right with God. In the midst of the psalmist's story about what God has done in his life, right, we see a foreshadowing of the gospel um, hundreds if not thousands of years before Christ would even come to this earth. Just as the psalmist has done in this passage, we are poignantly reminded to make our lives all about Jesus and remember to proclaim to others what he has done for us. In the end, it always comes back to the gospel and what Jesus has done for us. We are saved by his work on the cross and by turning our own striving and accomplishments over to him, we experience his grace. And by his grace, we can proclaim this message of Christ's freedom and, and, and taking us to a spacious place with our words and our lives and our actions. Before we conclude, the psalmist leaves us with one more verse in verse 29. He says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. For me, this is a significant note to end on because even though I'm literally giving a message on remembering God, right, and all that he's done for us and, and for the freedom that we have in Jesus, like, I know, I know how, how prone my heart is to forgetting and I know how sinful I can be. And despite our weakness, right, the, the good news is, is that for all, for all of our striving, for all of the things that we try to do in our own strength, and for all our forgetting, um, God is faithful to his promise that his love endures forever, and he will be with us, he will pursue us, and he will do whatever it takes to remind us of that fact until 
uh, we are made right with him again. And that is something that we can rejoice in and something that we can take heart in, that even when we fall short, he is still faithful and his love endures forever. Let's pray. Dear God, as we prepare our hearts for communion today, as we remember what you did for us on the cross, um, as we remember the freedom, Lord, that you offer us, God, I pray that it wouldn't just be something unattainable off in the distance, Lord, that, but that we would really step in um, to it, trusting you to provide that freedom for us. God, I pray that we might be able to, to step into that spacious place that you've provided and, and um, really live in it, God, and, and be humble and to walk with you all the days of our lives. Thank you, Lord, that even when we cannot do it in our own strength, you can. Give you all the praise and all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen.